Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Kroll Bennett. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Vanessa. Hi, Cara. Part two. Da, da, da. <laughs> it's a much higher octave. I know. That was sort of my clitoris music, but like not different. Can higher. you do your testicle music? Oh, um, we need Louie to do the testicle music. Louie is our fantastic TikTok editor and he does great music. I guess the testicle music would sound like is that fair? That's fair. Okay. This episode is in about... In case you couldn't tell. In case you couldn't tell. <laughs> is about the reproductive system in the genetic male. So someone who's born with an X chromosome and a Y chromosome. I wish we could come up with like short... I wish we could do like... Or... I wish they could be pronounced. Like if they had vowels, it would make it so much easier. In your next life, you should definitely <laughs> take XX and XY and turn them into sounds. Okay. But for this episode. No beatboxing. Okay. No beatboxing. It. But we are going to do what we did in the episode about female genitalia and reproductive organs. We are going to work from the outside in because... It's what you see on the outside first that garners the most conversation initially when kids are younger. Frankly, when it comes to penises and testicles, 
those garner conversation all the time. Endlessly. 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 Until people are like a hundred years old. Yes, that is true. And maybe even beyond that. So we're going to talk a lot about that and about what goes on and the anatomy. And then we're going to move inside. Great. So let's start with the tip of the penis, the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) So the penis is the most prominent part, generally speaking, the most noticeable part of the male, genetic male, external genitalia. You know, I don't really need to describe it, but because we believe in defining terms here, I'm going to describe it, right? So the penis is a cylindrical organ and it ranges in size, certainly when Babies are born, their penis is smaller than compared to an adult male, but even there is a wide range of of sizes among babies, among toddlers, among school-age kids, middle schoolers, high schoolers, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 somethings. There is no absolute right size for a penis, but it is a cylinder that hangs outside of the body and is flanked on either side by testicles. And we'll get into those in a second, but they're encased in a sac called the scrotum. So that's what we're going to walk through all of that. And we're going to start at the tip of the penis, which can look different in different people, because while people who are born with penises are born with skin covering all the way over the tip of the penis called the head. So the tip of the penis can look different on different people, not just because people have different size and shaped penises but also because some people are circumcised, which means their foreskin or the skin that grows up and towards the top of the penis. Some of them have had that removed and other people still have their foreskin. And so that skin covers up to the top of the penis and looks different depending on whether the penis is erect or not. So one thing to normalize when describing how a penis looks is that there's a range of normal in terms of having a foreskin or not having a foreskin. And then as you move down the shaft of the penis, the main part of the penis, different penises are shaped differently there too. Some penises are straight, some penises are wider, some penises are narrower, some penises are longer, some penises bend to the right or bend to the left. Again, just like how we talk about the vulva and the labia in the conversation about female anatomy, so too do we need to normalize with kids and adults that people's reproductive organs and genitals can look different and that is normal. And let's just pretend we had x-ray vision and we could look inside the shaft of the penis and see what's going on there. What we would see is that down the middle of the penis, there's a tube called the urethra. And that's a soft tube that carries pee, urine, it comes from the bladder, but also it will carry sperm within semen. So semen is the fluid collection that contains sperm. The sperm are made in the testicles. And then as the sperm move out of the testicles and up, and we'll talk about the anatomy, the different tubes, it moves up the vas deferens and then down through the urethra, it collects different types of fluid along the way. And that fluid plus sperm collection is called semen. Both semen and urine come out that urethra. The urethra travels down the middle of the penis. And this can be very confusing for kids 
because they wonder, well, am I going to accidentally pee when I think I'm ejaculating? Or am I going to ejaculate when I'm peeing? And it's like part of what makes the human body really, really cool is that the brain communicates to the male reproductive organs and other organs in the body what should come out when. And it's kind of amazing. It's the antithesis to often younger kids think that when a person is having their period, that they are peeing blood out of what they call, kids like to call their pee hole or their urethra. And so we have to explain to them that menstrual fluid comes out of a vagina and urine comes out of a urethra. But on bodies with penises, it's actually coming out of the same hole, but like taking turns. And that can be both fascinating to kids and confusing to kids. When I was in medical school, this is tangential, but not. When I was in medical school, the very first lecture we ever had from a gastroenterologist was a gastroenterologist who really loved his job. And he described how amazing the anus was because the anus is a That's a sentence you've never heard before. Uh, This guy was so like, I don't remember a lot of my very specific lectures in medical school. I remember this one because he said, the anus is the sphincter in the body that is most capable of distinguishing solid from liquid from gas. Mm. And he said, just stop and think about it. And everyone in the room was like, wow. And that is what you are describing. The body is capable of using one channel to do more than one thing. So the urethra in the genetically male body can carry urine and can carry semen and it does it at different times. Now, if you also use that x-ray vision and you look down the shaft on either side of the urethra is tissue that is generally described as spongy or spongiform or erectile tissue. It is tissue that essentially, like a sponge, can be sort of soft and pliant, or it can be very firm and engorged and hard. And that is what takes a penis from being flaccid or floppy to erect, is that that spongy tissue what happens is blood flows into that spongy tissue and then these teeny tiny muscles basically close the gates and say, blood, you're staying in. Mm. And the blood is not capable of flowing out of that tissue. And so much like if you blow up a raft, right? And you blow enough air into it and the air stays, you see that it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it creates a little firm flotation device, that is what that spongy tissue does. Are there other parts of the body that have that same kind of spongy tissue? Well, you know, on the female anatomy podcast, we talked a little bit about the clitoris and that is essentially how the clitoris works too. It's erectile tissue. It is tissue that uses a combination of muscles mini muscles that hold blood in and blood that engorges tissue to make the tissue sort of stiff. Do nipples have the same tissue in them? Erect nipples are just erect because of muscle contraction. Okay. This is so interesting. I don't want to take us too far afield because I could definitely go down this rabbit hole. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. 
If you listen to enough of our episodes, you'll hear us preach the importance of air, particularly down there. Airing out body parts reduces sweatiness, stinkiness, and skin irritation. And it feels amazing to air it all out after a long day in tight, sweaty clothes. Which is why we created the Oom Short. Super soft, lightweight, with wide legs and a low crotch. All help air flow. Designed for all genders, in all sizes, literally down to kids extra small and up to men's extra large. Everyone who wears them tells us they've never been so comfy. Get your shorts at myoomla.com. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors Ready to Eat Meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our Factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, magnesium breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. 
Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal, and even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter, and fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. Okay, so we've used our x-ray vision. Let's talk about the testicles, which as you say, I love the descriptive words that you use, flank the base of the penis. So we have the testicles. There are typically two testicles, but not always two testicles. So that is true. Like every other pair of organs in the body, most people have two in a pair. Some people may be born with one. At birth, it is not uncommon for one or both of the testicles to remain undescended. So testicles actually develop up in the abdomen. Think of them as the XY version of ovaries. So ovaries are up in the abdomen connected by the fallopian tubes to the uterus. Testicles start by being formed in the abdomen, but then they drop down into the scrotum. And that's something that pediatricians are, you know, cognizant of, right? Whether a child's testicles have fully dropped, because I know that that can be a concern if they have not. Yes. And not only do we check it at birth, but we check it at every single checkup, right? Because there are reasons the testicles might not have dropped at birth. And there are reasons the testicles might not be palpable later. And there are also other things that can find their way into the scrotal sac because the scrotal sac is just skin. It's almost like chicken skin. Is that a fair thing to say like that? Sort of. Oh, here we that. go. We <laughs> we were avoiding the food descriptors, but we were staying far we're diving away. in. You know, that sort of chicken skin that looks a little thick and that has some very prominent hair follicles coming out of it. That's what scrotal skin tends to look like. It's sort of a little thicker, a little tougher than other skin. And it can be pigmented slightly different than the skin on the rest of the body. It is important to recognize that the scrotum holds the testicles, but other things can make their way in like the intestines. Mm -hmm. So that's called a hernia. And actually we should talk about things that to change the color and shape of testicles for one second. So the way fluid tends to fill or anything tends to fill the scrotal sac, it's actually usually there's a hernia. So a hernia means there's a hole in a fibrous material that's supposed to separate different compartments of the body. So when it comes to the testicles, there's this layer inside the body that's supposed to keep everything other than the testicles out of the scrotum. And if there's a slightly larger hole than normal, remember the testicles 
started up high and had to come down. So there's a hole in that to begin with, because that's how the testicles got down through that hole. But if the hole is bigger than usual, then the intestines, which are, you know, sort of a mishmash in your uh, filling your abdomen, they're very long when you stretch them out and they, they like to occupy the space they're given. If there's a big enough hole, sometimes they can protrude down into the scrotal sac and that can look like fluid in the scrotal sac and it's intestinal. So when in doubt, call your doctor. This one is a hundred percent no brainer. Yes. If you think there's something in the scrotal sac and you're not sure, call your doctor. Here's the other thing. The testicles are shaped like they're, they're sort of figs, ripe figs. I mean, I was not going to use a food analogy, but yes, they are that. I can't help it. I'm sorry. They're a little bit oval, but they have sort of a more prominent, flatter top usually and they're rounder at the bottom, but you can think of them as ovals anyways. And I can't eat ripe figs because they just look so much like testicles. That is so funny. This has changed my (laughs) whole take on figs. Dry not, figs are okay. Dry right. figs, not so. Because also the color of ripe figs. We're going to analyze like, that oh. later. <laughs> uh, so, but what's important in this part of the conversation is that they're not perfectly smooth. So testicles have on the top, they have a little adjunctive bit on them. They, they're sort of, a, there's like a little lump on top and a little, if you actually felt your way around, I've no, you should see what Vanessa's Roger doing. Roger just now. walked in with a cup of tea and I was hoping we would get to the part about more about testicles while he was still in the room, but oh, he's gone I'm now. so sorry, sorry that Roger couldn't <laughs> chime in. So um, there's sort of an appendage at the top of the testicle and you can, if you really start to feel a testicle, which unless you're a doctor or it's your testicle, no need. Okay. But for people who are checking their own testicles, it can be really scary to feel a lump on there. And there are lots of excellent stories about young men who pick up a lump on their testicle that is not typical and early testicular cancer. So if you feel a lump, go on in and have it checked. No one will be mad at you for coming in and saying, can you double check and make sure this is okay? And just like with breasts and labia, when you have two, they're not necessarily going to be symmetrical. In fact, very rarely, I imagine, they're would not they symmetrical. be symmetrical. They're not the same size and they don't sit at the same level. Everyone knows this, right? One testicle rides higher than the other in the scrotal No, sac. not everyone knows this. A lot of people don't know this and then they get worried. You know this because you've seen, I mean, <laughs> this is going to come out wrong, but you've seen a lot of testicles. <laughs> that is going to come out wrong. <laughs> but, but most people have not seen as many pairs of testicles as you have and they don't true. know that. <laughs> that is my superpower. So is Paul going to kill me for saying that? <laughs> Roger, come back in. So here's the other thing. There's this incredible, we have all these reflexes on our body, which is when Oh, nerves, this is very cool. This, this is, is very cool. cool. Nerves when stimulated, make us do things reflexively. So think about how many times have you been at a doctor's visit and they have you sit up on the exam table, hang your feet over the edge, your knees are bent, and they tap the bottom of your knee with a hammer in just the right place and you basically kick them in the face. Do you know what always goes through my mind? I'm always like... I do not. And I'm I'm always like, am I doing this right? Are my reflexes good? Am I like 
great at re- like uh, I'm, I'm con- and it's and it's so <laughs> ridiculous because it's like a reflex it's like something you've absolutely zero zilch control over it is and I'm literally still, beyond your control and <laughs> you're trying to control like it. how how am i doing how am i doing here sorry yeah testicle reflex yes it's called the cremasteric reflex and we actually can you spell that because it helps me to have things spelled it's like almost like the cream in your coffee c-r-e-m cream okay steric A-S. No, I'm not going to spell the rest. Um, (laughs) So cremastic reflex. And it's incredible because if you rub just the right spot on the inside of the thigh, then the testicle on that side runs away. It scoots out of the scrotum and goes basically back through its hole all the way up into the abdomen. Like my kids when I tell them to clean their room. (laughs) Yes. Um, And sometimes it doesn't go that high up, but it definitely retracts, right? When a baby is born... That is one of the reflexes that we check is the cremasteric reflex. Is that part of the, what's it called? The APGAR score? It is not. Okay. Do you know yeah. my mother still asked me what my kids' APGAR scores were? And I'm By like, the way, side note, know. that is not a sign of anything. I'm like, you I You could get I, I a perfect know. APGAR score and have, you know, challenges in life and you can get a terrible APGAR score and sail through life and... So it's not predictive of anything. I mean, it is predictive of some things, but beyond, you know, that newborn moment. Okay. Thank you. I feel better. A, because I don't remember and B, because I'm sure their APGAR scores weren't perfect. Yeah. Okay. So the testicles. So the testicles. So it's important. We'll talk about function in a different episode because understanding kind of how all these internal organs communicate is complicated and it's important to walk through. But we've just done the penis, starting at the head of the penis and the shaft. Now we have the testicles that are sitting in the scrotal sac. And now we have to go internal. And unlike in an XX individual, where there are a whole bunch of organs that sit internally that are very connected to reproduction, in the XY individual, mm -mm, not true. So in the XY individual, you have the testicle. The testicle has this little nubbin on it. Um, and <laughs> right, it's a, it's the testicular appendage. That's going to be our sound bite for this episode. It's just Cara saying, little nubbin. A little <laughs> nubbin. So you've got the testicle, right? And then you've got this little lump called the testicle appendage. And that's where the mm-hmm. epididymis sits. I know you love the name epididymis, right? And you can actually, I would encourage listeners, this is one to go online and look up male reproductive anatomy images, okay? When you look it up that way, you're not getting porn, okay? What you're getting is line drawings of what's happening inside the male reproductive system. There are some great resources that will give you a visual, but this is hard to imagine for a lot of kids. So, and unlike the uterus and the fallopian tubes and the ovaries, there aren't pictures galore that they've seen a million times. Testicle to the epididymis, and then there's a tube, right? And it's going to take the sperm that's made in the testicle and it's going to carry it up and around and down and out. Okay. And when it goes up and around, so it's coming out of the testicles. Okay. It's called the vas deferens. Okay. And then there's a little duct called the ductus deferens, and that's going to squirt a little extra fluid in there. Remember the semen is the mix of the sperm and the fluid, right? And then as it comes up, it's gone up as the vas deferens. Then it comes over and around. Okay. Comes like passes by the bladder. And there's another little 
tube called the seminal vesicle. And it's going to squirt a little bit more semen into the mix, right? Get it a little juicier. It comes through the prostate gland. Ever heard of the prostate gland? When that gets big as men get older, the prostate gland squeezes on that tube, which is why it can take older men or people who have enlarged prostates a really long Mm. time to pee. Like they feel like they have to pee, but it takes a really long time because there's this gland that the that this tube is running through that's swollen, that's pushing on it. Mm -hmm. It's like a straw being compressed. So the pee wants to come out, but it takes a while to relax that tissue in order for the pee to come out. That's what the prostate gland is. And then it turns and it starts to come down the length of the penis. At that point, it's called the urethra, okay? Once it's past the area where the urine can join in is where it's called the urethra. It is a really great idea to take a look at this. It's like looking at Google Maps and seeing where street names change. It's the same tube, but as different little inlets and outlets enter the picture, the name changes. And so it's complicated. The other thing to remind kids, if you've talked about it before, to tell them for the first time is that the production of semen and the ejaculation of semen cannot happen in a male body until they have not just started puberty, but have been in puberty for a bit. Car, do you want to just remind listeners a little bit about that timeline? We have a whole episode on erections and wet dreams, but I think this is a good moment to remind people. Right. So the testicles are the sperm-making factory, okay? Puberty is the path to reproductive maturity in its narrowest definition. It's the path to reproductive maturity. What that means in an XY body is that when a person goes through puberty and their testicles are capable of producing and churning out sperm, they then could potentially be part of the equation of creating a baby, okay? So it doesn't happen overnight. You don't go into puberty on a Monday and make sperm on a Tuesday. There's an upregulation to how the testicles work because the testicles are a micro and macroscopic factory. Yes, they produce sperm. Those are actually big. You can essentially see them very easily under a microscope, no doubt, but also, you know, they're massive compared to testosterone. That's the micro factory. Testosterone is a hormone. It's invisible to the naked eye. It's a chemical. And testosterone is like a self-reinforcing loop for the testicles to keep growing and keep producing more testosterone and keep producing more sperm. And it's this virtuous cycle. But it's not like you turn on the testosterone on a Monday and Tuesday, it's up and running and there's tons of testosterone and there's tons of sperm. It's not how it works. It can take a while. Like, a year or two years. And as a reminder for people in bodies with penises and testicles, the first sign of their puberty is often that their testicles and then their penises begin to grow. But we don't typically see it or notice it because they're also getting private. And so they're going to be wondering, what's going on? Am I in it? Am I not in it? And that's a great moment to say, hey, we can go see your pediatrician because they can take a look and talk to you and look around and measure and all of those things rather than you sitting there being the arbiter of whether your kid's penis and testicles are growing. 
Now, before we leave this topic and wrap this episode, I want to go back to why we are calling this pair of episodes anatomy. We're not calling it the conversation you need to have with your son or with your daughter. We're calling it anatomy. Anatomy is meant to be a very gender neutral framing for what we are covering here because whether you're born with these body parts or not, it is empowering and it builds the muscles, you like to say, Vanessa, of empathy to understand what it's like to have these body parts and to have these body parts transform. So if you have a child who is XY, yes, this is a great basic primer for that child. But so is the episode about the female reproductive tract for XX individuals and vice versa. There is nothing about what we're talking about that is dirty or bad or off limits. And unfortunately, school-based sex ed curricula have largely kept gender split and kept genders in the dark about one another. I think that these days it's evolving rapidly. Times are changing. Gen Z actually won't really stand for it. And so they're self-educating, even if the schools aren't. It's important for the adults listening to this episode. If you're not familiar with these body parts, whether we're talking about this episode or the genetic female episode, go familiarize yourself, learn about them, learn the proper names so that you can have a conversation where everyone knows what everyone is talking about. Bravo. That's all I got. That's a lot. And we even, you know, got to talk about the epididymis, my old friend. Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks, Cara. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts or check out our Instagram at the puberty podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myumla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.